No, she hasn't got a funny hat on. That's her hair. Now, what do we say to our visitor? We say good, good morning, visitor. Ah. What do we say to our lovely friends around the virtual campfire? We say good, good morning, morning, lovely friends, friends around, around the, the virtual, virtual campfire. campfire. <laughs> <laughs> Virtual campfire and all that, marshmallows, etc. Well, there are. We did bring you the marshmallows out, didn't we? Did we? Did we? I thought you were bringing them. I thought you were bringing them. Hang on a minute. We may have to edit in a short pause here while I nip and get some marshmallows, and then bring some back for the rest of us. <sighs> if you insist. Well, you know. I know hospitality. Just a spot of coffee will do me fine at this point in the evening, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, fair dues. Anyway, um, having edited in a pause, um, I might I might not be able to be bothered. I don't know. Let's just <laughs> pretend... <laughs> pretend I've zoomed back to the thing. And the thing? The thing. Okay. The, the, the little lean-to. The, lean the little lean-to okay, or whatever. Right, or the, little, right. the little clubhouse. Whatever we've got. I don't know. What have we got? Oh. I think we've got a clearing. We've got a clearing. We've got a clearing. We've got Virtual the woods. campfire. We've got the woods. Then we've got the, the sunset field. thing going on. Then we've got the sort of like the, uh, the, the the meadow outside the woods. Leads down the path. Leads down to the coast where the harbour is. There's a harbour? Yeah. Where else am I going to park my galleon? I've been playing too much Black Flag. I can't help it. I need it. to go rethink some stuff. I'm just saying. I've got to have a galleon. There's got to be a small spaceport. My psychopomp landscape suddenly got a whole lot bigger. <laughs> I didn't know it was this big. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Don't really know where to put the spaceport either. Would probably up the hill on the other side. Yeah, good plan. Um, not too far though, because that'd be an effort. Engines. I don't like parking all the way up in the mountain. Yeah, engines. Hello. I haven't got engines on me. I've got engines on the spaceship. That's what I mean. You set those off too close to the campfire. We're going to end with no campfire. Oh, yeah. Fair thinking. Yeah. Because it does it does develop a certain amount of oomph, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. That's Imperial Clippers for you. Well, yes. But, uh, yeah. So, um, anyway, we're here. Um, we are. We are around the said virtual campfire. Maintaining suitable distancing. Yeah, and that. Hello, lovely listeners. Welcome around the virtual campfire. Hello. I'm Suzanne Martin. I'm a heathen with a head full of knowledge and a mug full of coffee. And it's... Good we've got night from half, there. I was going to say, we've got <laughs> a full tank of gas and half a packet of cigarettes. It's dark and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Hit it. <laughs> 
Sam, and I'm I'm Kate, and I'm not a heathen. I've got a head full of mostly red dwarf quotes, to be honest. Still good. Um, which is not going to be terribly helpful tonight, possibly. Well, depending on what we're talking about. I mean, if you know, if you suddenly if you suddenly say oh, we're going to do like, you know, a quiz on red dwarf, then I should be fine. Then you're in. Yeah. Sold. Yeah. Mm. As long as it's not after about series, well, three, if I'm honest. Okay. It's kind of when I stop paying attention so to So out it. of the ten series of Red Dwarf, you can actually do about a third of it. It's about twelve, isn't there? Is there? Yeah. Ooh. I made some more while I wasn't looking. It's back to Earth. I didn't mm. rate that. Got all Coronation Streety. Thank you. I mean, don't, I'm not, you know, I'm not criticising you. If you enjoyed it, you enjoyed it. Yeah. It wasn't mm. my thing, but there you go. Okay. Yeah. Welcome around the virtual campfire. Oh, we were going to do a Frithcast, weren't we? Yeah. Yeah, sorry about that. Welcome to Frithcast, episode 83. 83! Around the virtual campfire. Come on in, warm your knees, settle on a log, um, settle in, because random stuff is about to happen and you probably want to be here for this. It's not random. Is it not random? No. Non-random stuff is about to happen. You planned it. I've seen you planning it. Did I? Yeah. Uh-oh. And in a minute, you're going to tell us what it is you've been planning. Well, what I wanted to do tonight, Matthew, I'm going to be... No! <laughs> ah, no! Um, Flashback there. <laughs> something in this coffee. I think this might be your coffee. Hey, hang on, let me sniff. Yeah, that's definitely mine. Yeah, her eyebrows have gone a very funny <laughs> colour. Lovely uh. listeners, I'm going to introduce tonight's topic and then go and go find my cup of coffee, which does not melt ceramic on site. <laughs> and then we're going to settle down and have a bit of a chat. All right. OK, so today's topic. I thought we'd have a good, long, double episode look at the burial at Oseberg. Wow, double episode. I know, double episode. We haven't done one of those for a while. Mm. Have not done a double for a while. Probably time we did okay. have a look at the burial at Oseberg and some of the shinies therein. Well, we do like shinies. We do like We a bit have of shiny. to confess, we do like shinies. And I understand, I don't want to leap ahead, but Oseberg is the boat. Yes. Because we talked about boat burials. We did. We had a bit of a flip round Oseberg when we did a whole episode on boat burials, but this is going to be a whole double episode. So. This time and episode 84's episode, that got away from me a bit there, <laughs> will both be on Osberg and the contents thereof. Because there's a lot of stuff to go through. There is an awful lot of stuff to go through. So this is like going to be a series, really, isn't it? A whole series of two. Yeah. Binary series. That hey. didn't work very well. No, it's a... It's a it's I'm a... just going to come and sniff my coffee and see if I can get my brain to function again because it's clearly not functioning very well tonight. So where are we going to start? Osberg. We're going to start at a little farm in Vestfold which is uh, depending on where you're from you might know it as a county estate or a province in Norway. Okay. Vestfold. So it's known as Vestfold County Mm -hmm. and the farm is called Osberg Farm so the burial is named after the farm. I did not know it was a farm. For all the times I've heard you mention Osseberg. That's because it's a dirty great big ship and I forget <laughs> the farm part. So archaeological... I assumed it was a town. But... <laughs> archaeological 
things, when you find the first thing of thing, you tend to name that type of thing after where the first one was found. The trope namer. The trope namer. Yeah. So you find the first piece of a new piece of Roman pottery in Kent. Yeah. Then it's going to be called Kentware. Okay. So oh, the thing in me hoard. The thing in me hoard. Yep. So hoards tend to get named after where they were buried. There was a what's it hoard? There's I lots of it. hoards. Yes. Yeah. Vale of York hoard. No. Give me a clue. There's dozens of them. Are we talking in Britain? Are we somewhere else? Oh, no, it was in Britain. It was okay. a place. That's the best I can do. Moving on. Okay. Okay. I'm going to give you a list of the hordes later. You just point to the one that looks like the horde that you remember. <laughs> horde number three, step forward. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yell this line. This is not the horde you're looking for. Move along. <laughs> Anyway, so we're Osberg. in Osberg. Okay. No, we're, we're not. As far we're as at Osberg because it's a farm, not a town. We've, we're at Vestfold County. Mm -hmm. And this is the year 1904. Okay. So this is a very, very, very long time ago. For comparison, yep. Sutton, who is dug in the 30s. Okay. This is dug up in 1904. 1904. So that is one year after the Tunguska event. Yeah. No, that was 1908. It's four years before the Tunguska event, but one year after the first flight of a heavier-than-air craft by the Wright brothers. Whoa. There you go. Do you not want to know what's in your coffee tonight because it is on fire? Oh, you know. Okay. Little factoids. So, 1904. Yep. And this is a mound burial on a farm mm -hmm. in uh, farmland. Yep. And you might imagine that archaeological techniques today are pretty swish. We've got LIDAR, which gives us lots of shiny, pretty pictures. And LIDAR? LIDAR. Yeah. Um, we've got all sorts of lasery gadgets, which archaeologists get very, very happy about using. Yeah, yeah. And can take lots of shiny pictures. And generally, the picture quality is so much better than 20 years ago when we just kind of got grey blobs on a white background and we had to figure out whether it was a tin can or an iron fort. You have a thing as well. And this a is, thing. This is me telling you what you have. Please as tell an me what I have, yes. You have a thing in archaeology mm -hmm. called a magnetometer. We do. Which detects small distortions in magnetic fields. In the magnetic field of the Earth's surface or around yes and it's really groovy and they it is i've played with one of those at an old 17th century smelting site yeah really kind of fun nice yeah 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 i remember seeing the the readout and stuff yeah from one. so i just thought i'd show off i know something about archaeology i'm impressed yeah beyond lara croft yeah. obviously yeah her archaeology is very specific adrenaline fueled archaeology and most archaeologists do not run on adrenaline they run on coffee and like dust yeah. because those are the two big things you get on archaeological sites and most archaeologists in my experience i can't say i've met a great number of them i've met one or two but most archaeologists in my experience do not simply kill everybody and steal everything generally no no, so, no. Anyway. Much, too much paperwork Indeed. so vestfold county 
Osberg. Yes. Burial. <laughs> we are going to do this. Yes. So this is a mound burial. Yeah. So this is a great big pile of dirt mm -hmm. with grass over the top of it. Is this what you would call a barrow or is that a long thing? A barrow, no. A barrow is where you've got a mound, the same, but a barrow has a often has a passageway cut into it like Newgrange. Oh, yeah. Or uh, Mace House yeah. is a lovely chambered barrow. So mm. that has a passage cut into it and a chamber in the centre. Whereas this wasn't something to go into, this was just basically bury somebody, cover it Here's up. Here's all this stuff, cover it up. Okay. Now, this is quite special and archaeologists get very excited because what we don't tend to get a lot of is organic preservation okay and for those that have not come across that term before it's not something you find in the special section at the supermarket okay organic preservation is where you get organic materials so you get wood leather silk uh skin yeah bones to a certain extent things that aren't metal like peat bogs and stuff like peat bogs and stuff where they are anaerobic you get anaerobic preservation yep so okay. organics don't preserve very well soil to be fair soil and microbes tend to break down organics mm. that's why we put people in wooden coffins and put them in the earth okay because it breaks down yeah give or take a decade or two after a while after a while the microbes in the soil will break down the organic material and you don't get a lot of preservation in the dirt okay and what you can get in very, very few conditions is what they call anaerobic preservation. Mm. And aside from winning you a lot of points at Scrabble, <laughs> this means that there is no oxygen in the dirt. And how about the points? It's got a lot of vowels in it, hasn't it? It's got an awful <laughs> lot of everything in it. It's pain to spell at a full pace lecture, trust me. <laughs> so this means that there is no oxygen in the ground. Okay. in the dirt so there's no microbes in it so everything that is in there basically stays in stasis right and you get that in a few places you can get it in places that are waterlogged so things like your peat bodies yep you've got some lovely danish are they bronze age coffins really nice carved wooden uh tree trunks that had bodies in them okay you've got clothing mm. that still exists from that age which is fab you get hair sometimes as well. That sock! That sock is the one in Jorvik, that sock? The Egyptian sock. The Egyptian, I love the Egyptian sock. That's not quite, that's in desiccated conditions. So that means there's no moisture and it's sand. Oh, okay. So they desiccate, so mm. you get, it, it wicks the water away, so you don't get, again, as much decay. Okay. I was so still impressed. It's a slightly different kind of preservation technique, but still good. 4,000-year-old sock or something. <laughs> yes. So you might get some of these things still being used today. Yeah. So you can get remains that are desiccated. So a lot of Egyptian remains, you'll get remains in the desert. You sometimes find ones high up and in ice conditions that are desiccated as well. Am I remembering rightly that Peru Probably. and Incan... Mummies have desiccation. Yeah, probably because yeah. one of the um, one of the driest places on Earth. I'm trying to remember. Is it the Gobi Desert? Mm. But it's ice. It's it's yes. well. Yeah, yeah. Rather than sand, it's ice. So you can get desiccation in those places as well. Mm. But you get what they call organic preservation in anaerobic conditions. Okay. So places where it's waterlogged, mm. or places 
like Oseberg mm. in Norway, where when they put the boat in the ground, they put a big wooden boat, and she is big, right, in the ground with all of this shiny stuff in it. They then covered the top of it with rocks, piled a shed load of rocks into it, and then coated it in clay. Okay. Now that clay is really important because that clay and those rocks helped create anaerobic preservation. Alrighty. Which means that we get to sift through all of the shinies. And did they know no. that that was why it was doing it? No. No. Did because they use the clay for some other reason? They probably used the clay because it was just either what they had to hand. Right. There's not a lot of ship burials that have a clay top. Okay. So it's not a widespread practice. So it might be just that the earth that they dug up was clay rich mm. and they put it back over the top. Okay. But that clay and those stones helped preserve all of the shiny artifacts that are in there. Mm. And there are a lot. I'm going to be listing a huge amount of stuff. Okay. This is an archaeologist's very, very happy place. Do we get to keep any of it? Yeah, we don't. No, oh, shame. no. The difficulty with the rocks and the clay is if you put heavy big rocks on things yeah. and they start settling, you put tons of rocks on top of something, it's going to go squish. Yes, I would imagine so. So some of the Oseberg stuff... People especially. I people especially, but peop uh, the, some of the Oseberg stuff basically went squish, mm. uh, which means it was broken or it was flattened when they got it out of the earth. And the difficulty with taking organic remains like timbers out of the earth where they've been in anaerobic conditions is that suddenly you're exposing them to oxygen and moisture. I've got an image in my head. Yes. Of the guy in the last crusade who picked the wrong goblet. Yeah, it's a bit. Well, it's kind of like that, but not quite. So, yeah, okay. but it's like that. So as soon as you as an archaeologist dig out leather, timber, mm. hair, skin, uh, what else do you get? Muscle tissue. Bones aren't so bad, but still the soil tends to like nomming on them, so you may not find an awful lot of bones left, uh, which makes osteologists a bit kind of narked when they don't get to play. Oh my, I'm just... Oh my. Yeah? Carnivorous soil. Yeah, basically, yeah. Ew. Microbes. Yeah, they do that. Ostivorous? What is it when they eat bone? Nom. Nom. Crunch, yeah. crunch, crunch, crunch. Warriors on sticks. <laughs> Warriors on sticks. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> crunchy warrior takeout. No, right, okay. So. Munchings and crunching. I've forgotten where I was now. <laughs> Completely lost it. Okay, so. Let's talk a little bit about the boat. The boat itself? The okay. boat itself is oak planks. All right. It's 21 metres long and 5 metres wide. That's ridiculous. It's huge. Now, there are 15 pairs of oar holes, which means that, in theory, 30 men could have rowed this boat okay. in comfort. And if you want to do it not quite in comfort, you could have squidged a few more in there as well. Yeah, yeah. The mast on it, is nine to ten meters tall Crikey. which puts the sail at 90 square meters this is a big boat this is a big boat 
Now, if you think for a minute that that 90 square metres of cloth, you have to first catch your sheep. <laughs> Sorry, it's just... Okay, we're going to make a sale. Yeah, we are going to make a sale. Do you make sales out of wool? You make them out of, I guess, whatever you've got. I don't know. You know, they if might. you've got... So women are likely to do the spinning, then the weaving, then the cutting and the stitching of it together yeah. to make a sail that is 90 square metres. See, I was going to say, oh, but you'd make them out of canvas, surely. And then <laughs> and then it occurred to me, I don't actually know what canvas is. <laughs> well, like I don't know what you're heavy sailcloth stuff. But, and I know, and I know there's know. a thing called flax because you make rope, ropes out of it. Yeah. Because you used to be able flax. to used to be able to harvest it in Guild Wars too. Um, <laughs> that's... You've tablet woven with flax. Have I? Yeah. Crikey! First time you learned how to tablet weave, we were tablet weaving with flax. Of course we were. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, I know what flax is. Of course I do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, absolutely not a clue what canvas is. Now I come to think about it. Okay. Now I come to go. Now I come to say, but surely that's what you'd make sails out of. Sailcloth. I Wait. don't know. Yeah. So you've got a you know ninety square meters of sail. Okay. 30 oars. A lot of oars. A lot of oars. And every one of those has to be carved yeah. individually so that it matches, you know, the same weight and length as everybody else's. No wonder there's no trees left in Orkney, is it? Well, you know, you have to get some practice in. <laughs> so. Vikings arrived, all the trees disappeared. Oh. And the sheep. I'm not even going to comment on that. <laughs> I'm just not. But the so, sails. Just, okay, fine. So this is a double female inhumation. Okay. And double meaning two. Yes. Female meaning... Steady. I know. <laughs> I know! Because, because you were walking across a minefield. I know! That's <laughs> what the report says. <laughs> Don't at me. We'll have them after us. Yeah. Inhumation. Yep. Yeah. Meaning you take the body in one piece and you put it in the ground. As opposed to exhumation, which is digging it back up again. Yep. Yep. Or opposed to ex... something else, which is another... Not a Viking burial practice, but there is another burial practice. Uh, I think it's... is it Aztec burial practice? Where you take a body and you build a platform... And you put the body on top of the platform and you leave it there. You just let the critters get it. And you let the critters get it and yep. then you take the bones down and just bury the bones. I honestly can't remember what that's called. X something. Exhumation. X, X something. Yeah. No, X, exhuming is when you dig something up. Yes. Something. I'm sorry. Somebody. Somebody. <laughs> As opposed to cremation, which the Vikings also practised, cremation and inhumation. Okay. All right. <clears throat> but in this case, it's a double female inhumation. Whereas in Rome, if you were rich, you got a tomb. Yeah. And if with a roadside, were, a roadside kind of signpost on it. With possibly a roadside signpost. Yeah. And if you were not rich, you got burned. Oh, okay. Generally speaking. Because you... in Greece, you got burned. Was you know, it? if you were especially, you know, shiny high, you got a funeral pyre, didn't you? Uh, ye uh possibly. I'm not overly mm. familiar with Greek funerary practices but i know um i know in rome that was the delineation Normally. yeah it was a it's so 
Yeah, it's kind of an odd one because we get cremation burials and we get inhumation burials. Mm. Oh, by the way, listeners, there's going to be a bit of a deathy theme to this one. Yeah. <laughs> Content warning. <laughs> Death. Contact one, you're 25 minutes in, it's fine. Yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> Cut that bit out and stick at the beginning. So I'm going to talk about the two ladies in the boat. Okay. Now, they've taken the mast out of the ship. Right. So it's kind of like you're not having to build the mound over the ship and the, the 10 metres of mast above it. It has been dismastered. It has been dismastered. Dis- dis- dismastered. Dismastered. Yeah, it's been dismastered. And they build, sometimes when you get ship burials, they build like a little wooden room in the middle of the boat. Okay. And they'll put the people and all the shinies in the little wooden room. Mm. And so they they built, in Osberg, they built a little wooden room, a little wooden house, if you like. And they put all the buildings and the people and the shinies in the house. I should know this because I've, I mean, I've seen enough pictures of them and we we went to a, a presentation of the friends of the viking mm-hmm. yeah oh gokstad the yes. gokstad ship yeah yeah um so i should know this because they had some fantastic slides um but did did viking the big ones the big long boats or whatever mm. you would call them did they have like an under an under deck area or i was, don't think they did was it just i think it's just like a one deck place i mean presumably you'd have you'd have a space underneath for like enough to fit like stores and stuff in but you wouldn't necessarily be able to get people down there yeah no i don't think they i don't think they had like i don't think it's like tiered like a galleon has a number of different floors no no i don't think it's like that at all i think it's just one layer Mm. no i didn't i didn't think it was that that big but i couldn't i couldn't remember whether there was because when you said they build a room yeah um it was like was is that the only sort of available space um yeah no it's the they they build a room generally in the centre of the boat. Okay. They build like a little wooden house. Mm. And they put all the stuff in the house. Okay. So they did that with this. Now, it's a double female inhumation. There are two women. Yeah. And they are, for the period, quite old. Okay. The older one of the two is 80. That is old. 80. Yeah, yeah. And she has arthritis I'm, I'm, in her bones. I apologise. I should say that is old for... For that yeah, time period, that, yeah. You don't pretty... when you think about the Viking period, you don't think about somebody at eighty years old. You don't. It can be a little bit deceptive. It's uh, it's the same with a lot of the ancient period. We tend to think, oh, because the average age, yeah, it was, was like something 13. like thirty odd. But you also have to take into account the fact that 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 included a massive infant, infant mortality. mortality. Yeah. yeah. So in actual fact, if you get into your adulthood. All being well, yeah, the chances are you're gonna probably going to do fairly well, but yeah. it's it, it it sort of um, it still is unusual for somebody to be, or less usual than now, yeah, for somebody to get to that kind of age. Yes, the younger one was thought originally to be in her twenties, but they then took a look at her teeth. Okay, and teeth, human teeth are awesome good for for dating, and they are also good for. Uh, they do different things at different times in your life. They chew food. They do. That's they... basically all the job they do, but they <laughs> come through your jaw at different times in yeah. your life. And they grow and they wear at, at different patterns. So by looking at those wear patterns and also by the tooth enamel, that gets built up by the minerals in the water that you drink as a child. Oh, wow. Okay. So where you grow up, 
the water that you drank for a decade, 15 years as a child, yeah. the minerals in that water will be in the enamel on your teeth. Oh, wow. So they can actually examine your teeth and work out where you came from. Exactly where you came Pretty much exactly where you came from. Nice. So with this particular lady, with the, the younger of the two ladies, she's around 50 to 55. Okay. And that's looking at the wear on her teeth. Hmm. She's and, got the bones of a 20-year-old. Well, they, they originally thought she was 20 years old. Now, she also used a metal toothpick. Okay. Because they can tell from the scrape patterns on her teeth that she was using a metal toothpick. That's quite an expensive piece of kit. I was going to say, it doesn't strap me. It's the sort of thing that, that people would use a lot. Yeah, a toothpick. Yeah. Clean your teeth. I suppose, so, you, yeah. I suppose you're going to, aren't you? Hmm. Okay. So we've got these two... Ladies, now there was some back and forth about whether one of them was a servant of the other. Right. Whether it's the older one that's been killed to accompany the younger one or whether it's the younger one that's been killed to accompany the older one. Mm -hmm. There's not enough DNA left to prove a DNA link between the two of them. Okay, but we are assuming that one of them has been sort of sacrificed. That was one of the theories, but it's not one that holds... A lot. They originally thought the younger one, the, young, the younger one at 55, the oh, younger one younger. at 55 had been sacrificed because she had a broken collarbone. Okay. But when they actually got to examining it properly, the collarbone injury had happened some weeks before and it was, was already healing when she died. All right. So they were like, huh, we don't get it. Okay. So... They're kind of a bit of a mystery, and because there's so much bling, so much shine in with them, mm. they are trying, there are still sort of attempts to tie them to the royal line of Norway. Okay. Because they, there's that much bling in here that they're thinking, well, it's got to be a queen. It can't be anybody else. Yeah. But a queen. Yeah, but... Yeah, but... Yeah. The other difficulty with this grave is that some point in the past before the archaeologists get to it in 1904 it's disturbed okay it's raided uh -huh. so some of the shinies Lara! i know some of the shinies have gone whatever they were we right. don't have any like disc brooches in this okay so a lot of the what we would expect to be things like the small portable shiny objects yeah have gone and they have left a lot of the big shiny objects, which is great. Well, that, you know, at least Fantastic. they've left something. They have left something. So just to give you an idea, the wood in the ship dates to around 834, but they think that that might be just parts of the ship and it might have been repaired. Okay. There's no evidence, as far as I know, to say that that ship actually sailed somewhere, but it was functional enough to sail. Mm. They've made replica copies of it and got it up to 10 knots. Wow. Which is not bad going. That's not bad. It's nice, nice, comfy kind of rate, you know. Yeah. Um, but there's no evidence on the original that it was ever used as a sailing ship. or so They've dated some of the timbers, but they don't know whether that's a conclusive date for the whole thing or whether it was just repaired in pieces and they've used that ship as a burial vessel. Hang on. Can, can somebody call Theseus? <laughs> Paging Theseus. We, we need some expert advice on this. So, <laughs> so, 
I'm going to go in in the next episode into some of the bling okay. that is in this ship. But just to give you an idea now, just to blow your minds a little bit, there's a whole list of stuff. And it kind of reads like, you know, a who's who's rich shopping list of Viking, you know, <laughs> here is your kit to be a Viking queen. You need these. Okay. Okay. There are four sleighs. Sleighs. As in Santa's sleigh. As in Santa's sleigh. There are four of them. Three of them are ornately carved. But there's only two women. There's two women. There are tapestries in there. There are silk in there. There are... Now, I've seen differing numbers. Between 13 and 15 horses. I'm sorry. I, I... Do you know what I thought you said then? What did you it's, think I said then? Be, Do I want to know what you think I said then? You're going to think I'm daft. I honestly thought you said 13 to 15 horses. I did. 30 to 50 wild hogs. Feral hogs. Feral hogs. Sorry, feral Vampires. hogs. 13 to 15 horses. Six dogs. Two cows. Three beds. The Ozerberg cart. No, you weren't supposed to kill everything. Agricultural and household tools are in there. There's the Ozerberg bucket, which is made of you. There's the what's called the Buddha bucket in there. I'm sorry, the what? We'll talk about it like next time. Next time we'll talk about the. Buddha All right. Bucket. Okay. Okay. I'm going to hold you to that. <laughs> there are the Buddha bucket. What they call five zoomorphic posts, and we'll talk a little bit about them as well. Don't worry. A bargain bucket. Not a bargain bucket. I know. There's tablet weaving in there and there's silk in there and I really want to talk about the silk. But for now, lovely listeners, we're going to leave you around the virtual campfire. Pondering the wonders of Ozerberg, we'll throw you some links into the description if you want to have a look around the site for yourself. Please do so. I just have one question. What's the question? Are we sure these people are women? Right? Don't know. Or... Is it possible that they're men who are taking all this girly stuff to their wives in the afterlife? It's possible. Maybe. <laughs> not that I'm. Not that you're I'm, thinking BJ Five Eight One. Not that I'm still bitter you? over BJ Five Eight One. I or know anything. you're still bitter over BJ Five Eight One. It couldn't possibly be a See, woman. <laughs> I don't know what osteological examination they've done of these bones or whether they've just made an assumption based on the gendered grave goods which as we've seen with BJ581 is not always your smartest plan Mm. so lovely listeners carry on okay (laughs) lovely listeners we're going to leave you around the virtual campfire just kind of chillaxing a little bit having a think about Ozerberg maybe dipping into things for yourself we will talk to you all again in episode 84 when we're going to look at some of the bling that was found in Ozerberg in a little bit more detail. If you want to find us online, my name's Suzanne Martin. You can find me on Twitter at Geetha in Jeans and you can also find me on Facebook. And if you want to find me, because I don't know, you're really, really bored, um, <gasps> I, you can find me at my website, glassrain.net. And just uh, leave me a message on there. My social media accounts are linked from there. Yeah. And if you'd kind of like to have a chat to other people around the virtual campfire, Frithcast has a new home 
The Virtual Campfire has a new home in Frith Chat. It's a group attached to the Frithcast Facebook page. I'm not going to say that fast. <laughs> Have a wander around, mosey on in, come and warm your knees. You are always welcome. And we will talk to you all next time for episode 84. See you then. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.